2 Kings chapter number 3. 2 Kings chapter number 3. Our key verse is verse number 18. So what I'm going to do this morning is read several verses or eight different versions of 2 Kings chapter number 3 verse 18. And I know that this is only one verse, but I promise you within about 20 minutes, it would all make sense. Second Kings chapter 3 verse 18. If you are there, let us know by a sign of amen. amen. The New King James Version of Second Kings 3.18 says, and this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. The New International Version of 2 Kings 3.18 says, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also deliver Moab into your hands. The New Living Translation says, but this is only a simple thing for the Lord. For he will make you victorious over the army of Moab. The English Standard Version of 2 Kings 3.18 says, This is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. The King James Version again says, And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. The Holman Christian version says, this is easy in the Lord's sight. He will also hand Moab over to you. The International Standard Version says, and this is the easy part for the Lord. He's also going to hand the Moabites over to you. My favorite version of 2 Kings 3 and 18 says, This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. That's 2 Kings 3.18, the New American Standard Version. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. For a few minutes this morning, I want to preach from the subject, slight work, slight work. Take your seats and pray along with me. Our Father and our God, in the immaculate name of your Son, Christ Jesus, Father God, it is preaching time and your servant needs the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. It is this prayer, Father God, that he would decrease so that you may increase such that people will see more of you and less of him. It is always his prayer, Father God, that the words that will come forth from his mouth will be used for our education, edification, but most of all, your exaltation. So right on my tongue right now, Father God, the things that you will have me to say in this word. 
Father God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Slight work. Slight work. Brothers and sisters, you should know that there is nothing too hard for the God that we serve. The book of 2 Kings continues the story of Elijah and his successor, Elisha. And it traces, 2 Kings traces the history of both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. It traces their history through uh, their captivity and, and, and uh, also through their decline, through their captivity and through their decline. And as it relates to both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the prophets always warn the people of God that God would allow them to be captured or allow, allow them to uh, suffer the consequences if they did not repent of their sins. And ultimately, Israel fell to the Assyrian nation and then uh, Judah fell to the Babylonians. Now, we have chosen to lift our message from 2 Kings chapter number 3. And there are three events that occur in 2 Kings chapter number 3 that really gives us insight into what really happened in this particular chapter. What, what are the events that occurred that led me to give the title to today's message, Slight Work? Well, there are three events, and they are on the breakdown of 2 Kings chapter number 3. The first thing you'll discover in the first five verses of 2 Kings chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 is the introduction of King Jehoram. The introduction of King Jehoram. The introduction of King Jehoram. We'll tell you a, lo a little bit about him in just a moment. The introduction of King Jehoram. Now, in verses 6 through 19 of 2 Kings chapter 3, you will discover the intercession of Elisha, the prophet. The intercession of Elisha, the prophet. We know that Elisha succeeded Elijah. That was Elijah's successor. And lastly, you will discover in verses 20 through 27 is the inventory. The inventory of water. So the breakdown of 2 Kings chapter number 3 is as follows. The introduction of King Jehoram, the intercession of Elijah, and lastly, the inventory, the inventory of water. So in one sentence, what happens is Israel, Judah, and Edom gets into a fight with the Moabites. That sums up chapter number three of Second Kings in a nutshell. But we're going to dig into it just a little bit further. So I invite you to keep your Bibles open to Second Kings chapter number three as I walk you through real quickly these 27 verses of Second Kings chapter number three. You ought to know by now that I love preaching and teaching from the Old Testament. These are some wonderful stories from which we can learn from. 
in the Old Testament. It doesn't mean that I don't like the New Testament. There are great stories there, too. But I find the Old Testament to be extremely, extremely interesting. So verse number one of 2 Kings chapter number three introduces us to King Jehoram. And it tells us that King Jehoram, in the first few words, it tells us that Jehoram was the son of Ahab. Now, we've talked about Ahab several times in several several messages. Put some respect on my name. You might remember that message. Put some respect on my name where we introduce you to King King Ahab. And we know from 1 Kings chapter number 16 that King Ahab was the worst king of them all. He did more evil in the sight of the Lord than all of the kings that were before him. And he also did more to provoke our Lord God than the kings that were before him. So he was just a bad king all the way around, the worst king of them all. And so we find out here in verse number one of 2 Kings chapter number three that Jehoram is his son. So Jehoram is now the king of Israel, and he became the king during the reign of King Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah. So all of that is in verse number one of 2 Kings chapter number three. So we know a little bit about King Jehoram. We know about his, his uh, I, I guess, his, who his father is. And so you know um, uh, that also in verse number two, well, I guess it kind of tells us in verse number two that he did evil in the sight of the Lord as well. But not like his father and mother, for he put away the sacred pillar that his father had made of Baal, or Baal, B-A-A-L. So we know he sort of carried on some of the evil things that his father did. So he's now the king of Israel. And something interesting happens in verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 lets us know that Moab, Moab paid tribute to Israel. Moab paid tribute in the form of sheep. So let's just say they paid, let's just, let me put it in my terms. They paid taxes. Mo, they paid, Moab paid taxes to Israel. Now, again, that's, that's, that's my term. We call it tribute. So they paid taxes. But when King Ahab died, they rebelled. That's what happens in verse number five. It says, when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled. So now Jehoram, who's king, has a problem because now he is not getting cooperation from the king of Moab. So this is what Jehoram, King Jehoram, did. Now, already you already know that he he was not the, not the best king because the Bible tells us he did evil in the sight of the Lord. So what he decides to do, he comes up with this, this grand idea that, that he's going to go and fight the Moabs or the Moabites. But he's smart enough to understand that he should not do this in his nation alone, the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel. So he decides to enlist the help of King Jehoshaphat, who is now the king of Judah, as I mentioned. So he goes to Jehoshaphat in verse number seven and says, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And so King Jehoshaphat says, I will go up. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And so they talk about or discuss, well, which way they should go. 
And so they say in verse number eight that they should go through Edom. So the combined forces of Israel, Judah, and Edom, or the Edomites, are they going to head over and fight the Moabites? So they're on this journey. They're on this journey. And at about the seven-day point, yeah, seven days, verse number nine, at the seven-day point where they're marching on their way to fight the Moabites, something interesting happens. Look at verse number nine. They marched on that route, or that roundabout route, seven days, and there was no water. So all these people ran out of water. Now, King Jehoshaphat is a godly king. He's a godly man. So King Jehoshaphat says in verse number 11, is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So that was in response to King Jehoram because now, so King Jehoram, you might imagine that he gets this help and they're going to fight the Moabites and they run out of water. They run out of water. So King Jehoram basically thought at that point that the Lord God had decided to deliver them into the hands of the Moabites. Well, Jehoshaphat's response King Jehoshaphat's response was that, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of him? So Jehoshaphat had a different thought about the events that were occurring at that particular time. So someone says, a servant says, there is Elisha, who is Elijah's successor. And so King Jehoshaphat says, the word of the Lord is with him, that is Elisha. And then in verse 13, Elisha said to the king of Israel, now that's King Jehoram, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. You might recall that the prophets that he is referring to are the prophets of Baal. So they, they serve these pagan gods. So really, Elisha wanted nothing to do, didn't want to help King Jehoram at all. But the scripture goes on to tell us in verse 14 that as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely it were, not, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. So in summary, Elisha wanted nothing to do with King Jehoram, but he decided to help King Jehoram because of his high regard or respect for King Jehoshaphat. Now, this is where we get to some of our key verses. I, I said our key verses, verse 18. So Elisha says, bring me a musician in verse 15. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Notice verse 16 very, very closely. Verse 16 says of 2 Kings chapter number 3, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. This is what the Lord is speaking through Elisha or telling Elisha. Make this valley full of ditches. Now I said to you that they ran out of water. 
Verse 17 says, for thus says the Lord, you, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley will be filled with water. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. So that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Or my version, I like to say, and this is a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. So let me recap up to this point. King Jehoram comes into office. He's the son of King Ahab. He continues the evil practices of his father and his mother. And he decides that he's going to fight the Moabites because they rebelled against paying tribute to him in the form of animals, sheep. So he enlists the help of King Jehoshaphat of the southern king of Judah. He enlists the help of the Edomites and they go to fight the Moabites. On their journey, seven day point, they run out of water. King Jehoshaphat, who is a godly man, says, let's inquire of the Lord in response to King Jehoram, who thinks that the Lord is delivering them into the hands of the Moabites. In other words, suffer defeat because they have ran out of water. So Elisha says, dig a valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. In other words, dig a ditch. Start digging ditches. And the Lord says, I'm going to provide water. And then I'm also going to help you defeat the Moabites. And in verse 18, Elisha sums it up by saying this is a simple thing for the Lord to do. A simple or slight or light thing for him to do. So guess what happens? I love verse number 20. The first three verses, first three words of verse number 20 says, now it happened. Now it happened. It is my prayer, my brothers and sisters, that those, those things that you've been praying for, those major things, those big things that you've been praying for, that you experience a now it happened moment. So what happened? Well, he told them to dig the ditches. And guess what? In the morning, there was water. It says in verse 20, the land was filled with water. So guess what happened? The Moabites see this water, or should I say, they see the sunshine or the reflection coming from the sun. When they woke up, you know, the, 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 the sun rises in the morning. So they see this reflection of the sun on the water, and they think that it is blood because the reflection is red. So they think it is blood and they think that the, the, the Israelites, or let's just say Israel, had sort of turned on themselves, the Israelites, 
the Edomites and uh, the southern king of Judah sort of had turned on themselves and, and, and that they had killed themselves. That's what the Moabites thought. So guess what the Moabites did? They decided to run up. Y'all know what run up means, right? They decided to run up. Well, guess what? Guess what Israel did? They rose up. So the Moabites ran up and, uh, and, uh, and the Israelites, they rose up. That's, that's what I'm, I'm not. Y'all think I'm y'all think I'm funny because I'm using the R's right about now. But that's what the scripture says. Because in verse 24 says, verse 24 says, when they came to the camp of Israel. So that means they ran up, right? They ran up to the camp of Israel. When they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up. That's what my Bible says. They rose up. So, so I didn't make this up. So the, the Moabites ran up and the Israelites rose up. And ultimately, 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 as verse 26 says, the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, and he sacrificed his eldest son, that son that would have reigned in his place, and offered him as a burnt offering. That's verse number 27. And then it says at the end of verse number 27, so they departed from him and returned to their own land. So as Elisha had predicted, not only did God provide the water he delivered the moabites into their hands so lastly i want to close with preparation for your major blessing there were two things that occurred in these scriptures that i need to bring your attention to so that you are appropriately prepared to receive a major blessing from the lord so on your outline, preparation for your blessing. Let's zero in on 2 Kings chapter number 3, verses 11 through 12. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of his servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha the son of is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. The word of the Lord is with Elisha. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. So number one, your association is important. Preparation for your blessing. Your association, your association is important. Preparation for your blessing. Why do I say your association is important? Remember, I told you that King Jehoram was not the best king. He was not the best king. The Bible says he did evil in the sight of the Lord. But King Jehoram was smart enough to associate himself with the more godly king, King Jehoshaphat. And King Jehoshaphat was smart enough to associate himself with the prophet of the Lord, Elisha who gave them the prophecy that in that very, very difficult time where they had no water, where they were exhausted, King uh, Jehoshaphat was smart enough to inquire of Elisha, who gave them the prophecy that the Lord was with them, the Lord was going to deliver water and deliver them the Moab nation. So you need to be around people who, as I always like to say, you need to associate yourself with people who are inspirational, influential, or instrumental. Inspirational, 
influential or instrumental. Those are the people that you should associate yourself to. So your association is important preparation for your blessing. I want you to write the word fellowship next to association. So your association, that's your fellowship. Your fellowship is important or your association is important preparation for your blessing. But check this out. Get this in your spirit. Second Kings 3.16 says, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. So your association is important preparation for your blessing. That's your fellowship. But your anticipation, your anticipation is important preparation for your blessing. Your association is your fellowship. Your anticipation is your faith. Your association is your fellowship. Your anticipation is your faith. You got to get this in your spirit. They had to dig the ditches before they receive their blessing. Before they could receive what God had for them, they had to do something themselves. Elisha told them to make this valley full of ditches. They had to dig the ditches prior to receiving their blessing from the Lord. And they had to do this during their time of exhaustion. Exhaustion. Sorry, I can't not, During a time of thirst. They were thirsty. They were exhausted. They had been on a seven-day journey. So God asked them to make preparation at the most difficult time. And he didn't ask them to do anything that they were not capable of doing. That's the same with us today. God is not going to ask us to do anything that we're not capable of doing. You need to understand that you are not alone. Just because you have difficult times, just because you're experiencing hardship, you are not alone. At the most difficult time, God told the people to make preparations for their blessing. So I know, I know somebody is, is going to hear this. Somebody may be here right now. You're thinking, why am I doing this? When I'm talking about why am I doing this, why am I getting up early on Sunday morning coming to church? Why am I reading my Bible? Why am I serving the Lord? It is all anticipation. It's all anticipation. That's why you're doing it. So when you always, when you ask yourself that question, well, why am I doing it? What's this all about? Just think of it as anticipation. It's about your faith. You are expecting God to do what he is capable of doing. It's anticipation. That's why we're showing up. We're anticipating that God is going to move in some way, shape, or form in our lives. So let me recap for our clip that we always like to put together on Sunday afternoons. Your association is important preparation for your blessing. That's your fellowship. King Jehoshaphat was smart enough to associate himself with the prophet Elijah. King Jehoram was smart enough to associate himself with the godly king King Jehoshaphat. So you need to remember to associate yourself with people who are influential, inspirational, 
or instrumental. And then lastly, your anticipation is important preparation for your blessing. So while your association is your fellowship, your anticipation has everything to do with your faith. So when you're asking yourself, why am I serving God? It is because you anticipate him to move on your behalf. So my final question is, what do you believe in God for? Slight work is that thing that is easy, that is not hard for the Lord. Slight work is anything that is easy or not hard, not challenging for the Lord. So as I mentioned to you on Thursday night, there is nothing too hard for our God. Can you believe God? Can you believe God for a miracle, for something big? I hope you can because it is simply slight work to the God that we serve. So I strongly encourage you to keep digging in preparation for your blessing. Mm -hmm.